Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that uh, session for children. And so now, church, we want to transition to the sermon session. And today we are reading from Acts chapter 2, from 1 to 4. And also we have a second scripture from Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. So please open with me Acts chapter number 2, from verse 1 to verse 4. And here we read. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's switch to Joel chapter number 2 from verse 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2 from verse 28 and 29. It's about the day of the Lord. Verse, uh, verse 28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's the word of God. So this morning, I am privileged to have Reverend Kasim to share the word of God with us. And I'm, uh, as he comes, I want you to join me even as we pray for him. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, this is a wonderful morning. Lord, we want to hear from you from the two scriptures we've read, Acts chapter 2 and Joel 28. And Lord, your servant is here with us to share with us. I pray that, Lord, may you anoint him in a fresh way, even as he shares your word today. And as we listen, Lord, we pray that may you also open our inner ears, Lord. We may listen to what you say to us, and not just only listen, but also put it in practice. We bless you and we honor you, even as he comes, God. May you be with him. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Thank you. Good morning, church that worships at home, we thank God for a moment like this. And I'm so glad that you tuned and you're working with us. We always, this is coming from uh, Nairobi Baptist Church, Ongatarongai. This is where we congregate up there, up the, the tent. But this morning we decided to just come and uh, do this service outside here, just like you're also doing it at home. Let's just enjoy the moment of having a service outside uh, the, the sanctuary this morning. Uh, we're discussing the holy fire of Pentecost. Also, or something like also known as the Pentecostal experience. The Pentecostal experience in a morning like this, because this is about 50 days after the Passover. And this is the day of Pentecost. Last week, we were talking about the ascension, which was 40 days after the Passover. I thank God for a moment like this. And you know, this is the time that we're talking about. We're talking about. Um, as at a time like this, during calamities and difficult times, one was asking, where is God? Can God's power be shown in a mighty way? Presidents of countries, leaders of organizations, leaders of communities are asking, can the Lord's power be manifested in a special way like today? Yes, 
Luke summarizes that a season like that came after a dark season, after Christ has come and he has gone, and the disciples are asking, can the Lord's power be manifested in a very mighty way, in a special way? Yes, Luke explains all these things. But in chapter 1, he's talking about the ascension. And how Christ has told him, told them in chapter 1, verse 8, that you shall receive power. And you shall be my witnesses in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then these disciples are somewhere there waiting. What were they waiting? They were waiting for a revival. They were waiting for a great revival that was coming their way as promised by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord is still moving in a mighty way. He is moving when the Holy Spirit is introduced. He is introduced in a very special way that we are going to see very, very, very shortly after this. But I just want you to catch the vision of a mighty awakening. The Holy Spirit came to bring revival. And even today, there is revival. We're talking about great movements and great awakenings in the world today. I want to summarize something about this awakening. We have actually the first, at a global level, we have uh, about 33 years A.D., in Jerusalem, I could call it the Jerusalem Revival. This is now the day of Pentecost. When the revival came, when the power of the Holy Spirit, 3,000, 3,000 people came to the Lord. 3,000 Jews came to the Lord. Therefore, the Pentecostal experience is a spiritual awakening. It is about the harvesting of the souls. Now, around 1740 to around 1742, there is what they call the America's Great Awakening and also the England Great Awakening. And about 79,000 Methodists came to the Lord. And actually, by about 40,000 Methodists in America came to the Lord. That was America's great awakening. Uh, there is also the um, there is also the there is also actually the Kentucky revival. About 1800 uh, century around there, 33,000 people actually received Christ in Ta Kentucky. That was a Kentucky revival, and students prayed a very extraordinary prayer. And foreign missionary boards were, were, were introduced. And very many people left America. They left uh, England and they came to Africa and the uttermost parts of the world preaching the gospel. China, there is also the China revival or of around 1980. Two million Chinese Christians came to the Lord. And they were there very vibrant movement because of a spiritual awakening. There was around 2,000, by the year 2000, Research tells us that actually 75 million Christians were in China. So we are talking about the Pentecostal experience, a great awakening. Even at a time like now, Corona time, COVID-19, this could be the season. Yes, the Lord is still moving in a very special way. Therefore, this Pentecostal experience is an experience of God's power in different places. The, more, the move of the Holy Spirit is resulting in a great change. Who knew that all pastors would be on air? 
Others who did not even have smartphones, now they have had to go and buy smartphones. Who knew that one day you would be able to watch various sermons and watch and follow various uh, worship services at a go? This could be another season of a spiritual awakening. I do not know what the Lord is going to do with our lives, with the churches, with the countries, but who knew that presidents all over the world would be calling the church, the countries to prayer, everybody crying for God to do something. This is what we are discussing, the Pentecostal experience. And even now, I want to take you through these three things that we describe the experience. Walk with me uh, today for the, uh, for the next uh, few minutes, even as we, as, as we describe that Pentecostal experience. And as we discuss the Pentecostal experience, my friends, I have, uh, I, I, what do we see? I actually see uh, uh, the wind. I see the wind, the Pentecostal wind. I see fire, and I see the voice, the power in a voice. So I see three things that we've just heard from the text we've read. We see wind, we see fire, we see power. We also see disruptions in these three elements. We see movements. We also see awakening. Holy uh, Spirit manifests differently in different times, in different places. In one point, we hear in the Old Testament the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. The Holy Spirit moved in that way, in that season. We also see in a New Testament chapter 4 that we see that buildings were, were shaking. Buildings were shaking when the Holy Spirit was moving within the apostles and the, and the, and the early church. In fact, in chapter 16, Joe, uh, uh, Luke also uh, tells of the story of the earthquake. When the Holy Spirit brought, uh, brought a new awakening, there was actually an earthquake. Remember, there was a pillar of fire. There was a pillar of cloud. There was also buildings shaking. There was also the earthquake. And actually, manifest the Holy Spirit manifests to some people and sometimes does not manifest himself in a big way to others. Why? Because God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And therefore, now, when Luke explains these things, in chapter 2, verse 1, all the way to very many verses, but today we concentrate on these first four so that we can get the whole understanding of the Pentecostal experience. You know, disciples were waiting. That is what we've heard. The disciples were waiting as they, they had been instructed by the Lord Jesus Christ. They were waiting there. They were praying. They were sharing scripture. And they were breaking the bread. They were fellowshipping. They were settled. They were in a comfort zone. But the Holy Spirit did not come because of that prayer. The Holy Spirit did not come because they were studying the scripture. The Holy Spirit did not come when they knew. The Holy Spirit came in his own time. He has, he has his own style. He has his own season. He came in style. He came in a way they did not know. The Bible says suddenly. Suddenly, verse 2, we hear the suddenly. Suddenly, there was a blowing wind. So I want us to look at the Pentecostal wind. The Pentecostal wind which scatters. The wind came so that it can scatter. That's the first uh, point that we get here. That suddenly a sound came from heaven. This was a blowing wind. We hear of a blowing wind because the Holy Spirit came in the form of a wind. He manifested his presence in the form of a wind which was blowing. So he is a blowing wind, therefore. He came as a blowing wind, which blows a wind that does not come to stay, a wind that is blowing. 
he came as a violent wind because the Bible says that wind was violent. Actually, it was a wind that is feeling. So he's a, a feeling wind. Holy Spirit, a blowing wind. Holy Spirit, a violent wind. Holy Spirit, also a feeling wind. He's actually an extravagant, uh, extra, extravagant wind because he's an extravagant spirit. He came and filled the whole room where the disciples were. So winds are actually biblically mentioned and they are very intentional. Most of the time we hear about the four, the four winds of the earth. So, and, 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 and I realize that we have the easterly winds, we have the, the westerly winds, we have the northerly winds, and we also have the southerly winds. And especially, especially the eastern wind, which blows and uh, it, it seems to, 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 to dominate meteorology. Actually, the meteorology um, talks about the winds. We've heard very many times about the locusts. And we were told that the locusts, especially in eastern Africa, that the locusts were being driven by the eastern winds. And we were told, don't worry, it has come, but because the winds are blowing, it's moving from place to place. We have heard of the tsunami, and uh, the winds have a lot to do with the tsunami. We've heard of the El Nino, and actually the force behind, behind the El Nino is actually probably the easterly winds. So the winds are very, very important. They are very strategic. They are actually natural, heavy winds from the east. So the blowing wind, I suggest to you, to us who are listening this morning, that they come to scatter. They came to scatter the, the, the disciples. They came to, be scatter, uh, to scatter the Christians, those who were following. And they came actually to disrupt their comfort zones. The Pentecostal wind actually is not to be followed. The wind is to be allowed uh, to move us forward. They were waiting for a, wound, for, for a wind that would actually propel them forward. They did not have to follow. They needed to wait and allow themselves to be propelled forward. He is actually a moving spirit. Pentecostal wind is, Pentecostal wind is actually as a moving spirit, a shaking spirit. He is a disrupting spirit. When the power of the Pentecost comes, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, he is coming to actually disrupt us. We will see some things here that the Holy, the, you know, when Christ told them that the power shall come, he had expectations. He wanted them to go and become witnesses all over. This was the expectation. And therefore the wind, the manifestation of the wind was very timely so that they can actually be scattered. And they get out of their comfort zone. You cannot therefore remain static. When the Pentecostal experience comes, you can never remain static. They could not remain in the upper room. They actually came out because they were blown by the move of the Spirit of God. That is the manifestation of the wind. But we also see the manifestation of fire. We see fire, we hear about fire. The presence of God here was followed by the act of God. We see the tongues of fire. The Bible tells us that the tongues of fire came on each one of us. The wind after the wind, there were tongues of fire. This is very important for us. But the presence of God is actually here compared to the Lord's appearing in Moses in a burning bush. As you remember in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. And this is somewhere, another example of where heaven and earth seem to intersect. 
that the holy fire that has come from heaven, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and he comes to interact with the heads of men who are very cowardly, men who are very earthly because men are earthly beings but God is heavenly. So now this is an intersection when we see these tongues of fire touching. It is even better to think about the wind because the wind just fills. And the wind was doing its own thing. But the fire came on the heads of the disciples, meaning heaven intersected with earth. Very strategic. But this is the second reception of the Holy Spirit to these uh, people. Remember in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus, when Jesus appeared to the disciples, he actually breathed the Holy Spirit and he said, Receive ye Holy Spirit. What happened? After that, they were given authority even to forgive sins. Did you remember that? When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, when Jesus breathed to the disciples, he told them, receive ye power. And they were given authority to forgive sins. You can imagine that much power. When the Holy Spirit fills you, extraordinary power, extraordinary authority is given to you to do things that you can never imagine. To do things even to lay hands on the sick and they get healed. Even you, they might be get healed. Even you, you continue to be sick. But the Holy Spirit comes with extraordinary authority. They were given authority to forgive sins. Who on earth can forgive sins. This is very great re revelation of the Pentecostal power. But this particular one was the second manifestation. It was actually the second re reception of the Holy Spirit. This one that we see in Acts chapter 2. They were to receive power and bear witness. This time they received power for outreach. The first reception was power to do great things. To forgive sins. To continue with the story of redemption and the story of forgiveness. But this second time they have received power, the power is very specific. The power is to do outreach, to do evangelism, to go everywhere. Remember, it was a promise. Remember, there was an expectation. And this has to be fulfilled. So the Holy Spirit actually rested on each one of them. This is very important. I have actually underlined mine that the Holy Spirit rested upon each one of them. Not en masse. It was not corporate. It was actually very specific. Each one of them had a tongue of fire. Very important. Now, this is the idea of capacity. Feeling. And I have one question probably that you're asking. I would also ask myself, what about feeling? How do you measure that this one is completely full? How do you know that I am actually full? Someone say, I am full of the Holy Spirit. One day I was climbing the stairs somewhere in town with another person. And then we met a person that we knew. And we tried to greet them. He was walking. But actually this brother was walking with his, with his apostle. And then he told us, please don't greet him. You greet me, but don't greet him. He is full of the Holy Spirit. And I was wondering now, how do you know that you are quarter filled, you are half filled, you are completely filled? The Bible tells us here that they were filled, they were full of the Holy Spirit. Now, the feeling we're talking about here is about capacity. It is about being able to be empowered. It is actually capacity of spiritual empowerment. They were full of empowerment. When the Spirit filled their hearts and the tongues on fire were resting on their heads, now they were full of power to do what God wanted them to do. Now the tongues of fire generally 
uh, mean um, later in, uh, in, uh, in the other epistles and other books eh, in the Bible. After this, uh, Paul seems to explain the gift of hearing and speaking. But here specifically, it was a gift of utterance. It was a gift of speaking. It was a gift of language. This is why they were able to speak in language, in languages they do not even know, in languages other people could understand. It was a special gift. So this fire came as a gift. Remember, he had promised them a gift. So yes, this Pentecostal fire burned two things. First, he burned their hearts. And number two, he burned their mouths. Talking about wind, you cannot remain where you are. Talking about the fire, you cannot remain the same. He comes to change everything. He comes to burn. You become a raw material to be burned. He burned their hearts. He cleansed the disciples. And he, they, desired the, to, they desired actually the holiness of God. And they were bringing, the, the Holy Spirit was bringing the full greatness of God. That is why they were speaking in tongues. What were they saying? The Bible has not clearly told us exactly what they were saying. But actually he is saying that they were all full of the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. They spoke in languages. What were they saying? They were only talking about the greatness of God. They were talking about things. They were not given power for themselves. This is the biggest problem. The Pentecostal fire has been misunderstood. It has been uh, personalized. And some people are bragging about and saying, you know me, I'm the chairman of the power. I am the secretary of the power. I am full of power. I speak in tongues. I say, shikaraba, 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 watch a pencil. I am full of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, misumari. And you are proud of what is happening. It has been personalized. But the fire of Pentecost was not about you. The fire of the Pentecost was about the power to go and do what Christ wanted. You did, they did not receive power so that they become special. They received power so that Christ may become special. Praise the Lord. Even now I feel like talking. I feel like speaking in tongues. I feel like saying something, but I could not have because this is not about me. It is about what Christ wants. It is about there. Praise the Lord for this revelation. And you know, um, the other thing is that actually the Holy Spirit burned their mouths. He burned their mouths and the, 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 the glory of God filled their tongues. They couldn't sit. They couldn't keep quiet. The whole thing changed. You can never remain the same. You can, you can never remain quiet when the Pentecostal experience reaches you. When the Pentecostal experience reaches you, reaches you like a wind, when it reaches you like a fire, you can never remain quiet. The Pentecostal experience burns our hearts so that we desire holiness. We start speaking in tongues. I remember I spent a whole night at night, one day in prayer, and I was there. Speaking things like I was not praying for anything. I was not praying for a car or a plot. I was just there talking. Then my family members told me that I was saying things that I did not know. But I remember I was just talking about the greatness of God and the holiness of God. So the greatness of God is that purpose for speaking in tongues. But then they could not sit there. They went talking. The, the hearts were itching because they were burned. And the mouth were itching because they could not, because they were filled of the fire. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will never keep quiet. You will be full of power. We see the power that was the voice that came down. Yes, the, the power overturned the tables. The weakest became the spokesman. Remember, the weak became the spokesman. 
Remember, they settled. They settled, became restless. Those who were busy teaching the word of God in the upper room, they became restless. Those who were quiet, they became outspoken. Those that were cowards, even the cowards, like uh, you remember, you remember uh, 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 Peter? He was a coward, but he became courageous. He's actually the first people. So the cowards went up becoming courageous. The quiet changed to become outspoken, and the timid were out there becoming very visible because the power changes things. The cowards are there. So the Pentecostal move takes us to the next level. The Pentecostal move takes us to the next level. When a country is moved by the power of God in a new awakening, a new revival, they cannot be the same anymore. I suspect, although coronavirus has come and it has brought a lot of dis disruptions, it has actually brought loss of jobs and very many things and diseases and death, massive graves. I am telling you, this could be the season. The Lord is moving in a new way. There is a desire now. You used to, sometimes you could miss church. And you don't even care. You used to go washing. Now you are crying for the opening of churches. The whole world is crying for the opening of churches. Presidents are longing even for, that, for a country that is worshipping. The whole world, just within three months, a quarter of a year, the whole world is crying and is developing a hunger for God. The, the Holy Spirit is burning in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is burning in our mouths. And the pastors are preaching. Those who used to preach eh, only once in a while, everybody wants to preach in in fact, we have stopped preaching only on Sunday. We are preaching almost every day. There is a new spirit. There is a new season of awakening. And we are becoming preachers. All of you, you are becoming priests at home. Everything is changing. Some of your children are becoming Bible study leaders. Some of them are becoming prayer warriors because there is a new spiritual awakening. And therefore, as we come to a close of this service, I want to, to encourage you this. And I want you to understand that the Pentecostal experience is not for us. It is for God himself. It is for the glory of God. The Pentecostal experience is an experience that is coming. That the experience is actually coming. And the experience is already here. And the experience will continue. The move of the Holy Spirit is to be yearned. They were yearning for it. They were yearning for the move. They were praying. And the experience brings disruptions. It brought movements. And it brings an awakening. Therefore, you cannot remain the same again. The Holy Spirit... And the holy fire of Pentecost was about harvest. 3,000 harvested. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, show us. Show us. Show the results. Show the targets that you have become a witness. The more you are filled, the more you desire holiness. The more you desire to preach. The more filled. Don't tell us that you are the chairman of the Holy Spirit and you remain static. The Holy Spirit will make you leave your comfort zone. You church that is very wonderful. You are very wonderful people. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when the spiritual awakening comes, the church will get out of your comfort zones. You shall go to the, to the, to the outreach, I mean to the, to the slums. You shall go to the city. You shall preach the gospel and things will change. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is bringing harvest. How I pray, my dear listener, that the Lord will fill me this season with His presence. And I need to sing together with you to sing fully of the greatness of God. May the Lord come through for me. May the Lord come through for my family. 
May my family be revived again, Lord. Won't you revive me again as a person, even as a pastor? Holy Spirit, won't you revive my family together with my wife and my children so that we are full of power? Holy Spirit, won't you revive us together, even as a church, or Nairobi Baptist Church, and this other church where this my brother ministers? May the Lord revive Kenya. May the Lord revive the world so that we may see his glory. I desire so, so that I can sing only one song, your greatness. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. Let us sing that song together as we, as, as, as we come to a close. Because this is what the, 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 the saints were singing. They were speaking in tongues and they were saying the greatness of... I believe they were singing a song similar to this. May, then sings my soul. In, in East Africa we say, Moyo wangu na It's the same thing. Then sings my soul. My brother, help me that we can sing that song together. Roho yangu naikuimbie jinsi wewe ulivyomku Roho yangu naikuimbie jinsi wewe Therefore, dear Lord, may this be our season to experience your revival. And if you're seated there, you've been waiting like the disciples. I want to pray that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. The season is still alive. It wasn't a one time. I propose because he's still alive. The presence of the Lord is ready to fill you. As a family, as an individual, you are living a defeated life. You cannot even win souls. What will you do when you go before the presence of the Father that you have no results because you did not allow the move of the Holy Spirit? Probably you followed, but we have said the Holy Spirit is to be allowed to move you. I pray that the Holy Spirit may fill you. I pray that the Holy Spirit may fill your family. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you may receive. If you are trusting God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I pray that you may receive now in the name of Jesus Christ. May you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit like the fire of the Pentecost. May you receive baptism now. May there be a testimony that one day the Lord filled you to full capacity that you can go out. May he fill you with power in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. We'll be coming back to say a prayer to you. Thank you very much all of you for having time to work with us for all that time, we want to thank you. May I now pray for you. I know that you have prayer requests there, and the Lord hears. He has ears, and he understands what we go through. He's a captain of the rejected. He was rejected. He's a captain of the suffering. He knows we have a shepherd. We have a captain. We have one who has gone down and who has gone up, and he understands, and he knows your prayer request. I want to pray for you. If you can just sit, or you can stand up, you can raise up your hands. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that, dear Lord, you may come through for this unspoken need.
I know the Lord, you understand you are the captain of the rejected. You know very well those that are rejected out there somewhere, at the place of work, in the businesses, dear Lord, even in marriage, those are looking for love and the love has gone sour. The rejected, you are the captain of the rejected. Lord, how I pray that you shall come through for them. How I pray for a revival, a season of revival. The Lord, you shall bring a new season of tears of joy to say that the Lord has revived me. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you may come through and change these circumstances. The power of the Holy Spirit can come and change these circumstances, dear Lord, that tomorrow we shall look back and say, Ebenezer, the Father has come through for me. These circumstances will not last for long, but Lord, you shall sustain the believer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak against unnecessary suffering that is not from you, dear Lord, unnecessary frustrations from Satan. I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command you to desist from your maneuvers so that the believer, this wonderful son of God and child of God, will remain calm in the Lord. I pray, Father, that you may come through concerning this pandemic, dear Lord. I pray for wisdom for the presidents who are now thinking through, what do I do? Do I continue lockdown so that uh, the economic uh, problems continue to exist? Do I allow, do I leave the lockdown, then increase the disease? I do not know, Lord, but because you are sovereign, you are the greatest shepherd, you are wise, I pray that you may help our president and help the president of Africa and the president of the world to give them wisdom, Father. Come through with a new season of revival. May this problem be turned into become a message, dear Lord. May a revival come through this suffering and through this confusion. And even for you, my listener, I pray that this week will be a week of revival for you. I pray that the Lord may bless you. I pray that the Lord will shine before you. I pray that his face shall shine before you and bring his countenance before you. I pray that the Lord shall come through for you on Monday. I pray that the Lord shall come through for you on Tuesday. I pray that Wednesday shall be a day of revival. I pray that Thursday will be a day of new tears of joy and hope. Even when the gift does not come, that you shall increase your faith to thank God, to sing a song of joy, even before you get it. I pray the Lord may increase your faith on Friday. Whatever comes your way, we do not know, but the Lord knows. I pray that he will defend you on Saturday. And on Sunday, may the Lord bless you with a gift of help enough to be able to listen to us. Those that are in prison, may the Lord come through for you. Those that are on hospital beds, may the Lord come for you. May the Lord of harvest be seen. Lord, may a new season of revival come. May thousands and thousands and hundreds and millions of souls come to you. Father, we yearn like the disciples in the upper room. I pray for revival. I pray for revival. I pray for awakening. I pray for souls in the name of God who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord bless you. He is your portion. It is well. It shall be well because the Lord cares for you. Amen.